So hello and welcome to another podcast episode of uh, Sestec. My name is Baran and I'm the marketing manager here at Sestec. Today I have with me our VP of Sales, uh, Mr. Ahmed Subashi. Welcome, Ahmed. Hi, Baran. Welcome. Thanks a lot. And we have our guest speaker, Mr. Shaquille Mohammed, a data and AI solution consultant at Microsoft. Welcome, Shaquille. Hi, thanks, Baran. Welcome, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to everybody. Yeah, so we have a global audience. So yeah, it's nice to address the, all, all of the time zones. Thank you, Shaquille. So guys, uh, without wasting any time, uh, let's start with this opening question. I was just listening to another webinar by Mark Curtis, the head of innovation of Accenture, and he was talking about this last three months as humanities, you know, the largest experiment of humanity, because no matter where you are globally today, what nation you're from, we are pretty much living through these uh, hard times. Uh, We are experiencing the same outcomes together. So I want to ask you, my first question is, Uh, what are your lessons learned from this period? Ahmed, you want to lead us off with this first question? Yeah, sure, Baran. Uh, for me, personally, I learned that many things can be done differently. So basically, we learned to do remote um, uh, communication. Even uh, we started meeting friends that we, we, we haven't met for so, so, so much time due to this uh, working environment that we found ourselves in. So this is something that people learned. Actually, this was there before uh, this pandemic, but now we we are using it more more efficiently. So we discovered the efficiency side of uh, doing things a bit differently, and uh, of course we we are we, we also gained some awareness about having a B plan when something unexpected happens like this pandemic, and efficiency uh, is something that should be continuous as well. So I think uh, one of the things that we uh, took as a lesson is we should also think about sustainable efficiency, which is more resilient against uh, times like this. So I, I would, that would be my response. Yeah, efficiency especially. Now we're not wasting any time going from meeting to meeting and spending hours uh, traveling. Now in one or two days, we uh, explored another dimension of efficiency. Uh, Shaquille, what is, what is your take on this? Hi. Uh, so I think I, 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 I agree with what uh, Ahmed has just mentioned. You know, it's, uh, it's been unprecedented times. Um, my father is 85 years old and he lives with me. And I asked him, I mean, have you seen anything like this ever in his lifetime? And he said, no. Um, when you look at it from, from business perspective, while, you know, working from home has been received very well with a lot of our uh, Microsoft customers um, and working professionals, I think it still has the challenges of not having that human face-to-face inter- interactions, regardless of the very uh, fantastic and many, you know, uh, collaboration and remote video conferencing tools that we have. Uh, um, and I believe AI will definitely be having a heavy impact how businesses operate going forward uh, by adopting Uh, you know, AI tools and solutions that will make it more conducive for businesses to operate effectively. And as Ahmed put it, uh, you know, have that um, efficiency in their in their supply chain as well. You know, and, but there are, again, challenges wherein, you know, essential workers will still need to be uh, 
uh, there physically. I mean, I can give a very quick example of uh, I ordered something from Amazon US, which does not really ship here. So I use a third party uh, a provider called My US, and usually they take two days once the item is received. This time they took uh, more than a week, primarily because their uh, ways of operations have been drastically, uh, you know, uh, made more complex because of COVID situation to be adhering to safety and hygiene norms. Uh, does AI cater to that? Uh, in some ways, yes, but in a sense, a lot of, uh, you know, human physical interaction will still be uh, required. And I think a, a combination of that will, will, will help us to sustain and move forward. Yes, that hybrid model that everybody's talking about, that's the probably, uh, we're going to discuss it more now that as Sestec, for our audience that doesn't know Sestec, we are a solution provider for contact centers and alternative solu alternative channels. Uh, and we are seeing significant increase in our the, the volumes toward these channels, especially uh, call centers. So my second question will be, how can AI help for the companies to handle this traffic effectively without compromising on the customer experience because as customers we were accustomed to the the, the high level of you know quality that uh, we have been uh, served before the pandemic now after the pandemic how can ai help to sustain these high levels of uh, satisfaction ahmed what do you think actually ai was always a subject especially when it comes uh, to efficiency related let's say concerns because Actually, I can trace back the history of AI to the first weaving machines. So, um, and the way it boosted the industrial revolution and then all the things happened afterwards. So as a natural trend, now the automation is also becoming the subject of customer engagement. So there is always a big efficiency aspect of this, especially when it comes to mundane, simple, repetitive tasks. But especially in this period, uh, pandemic became a catalyst for this trend, which is already there, which was already there before the pandemic itself. So the basic advantage of this is basically uh, you can run customer engagement services uh, using bots. And plus, um, there is an adaptivity aspect of bots. For example, when this pandemic became a big subject, each and every company somehow had an agenda to do with Corona, right? So either their services changed a bit or the way they were reaching out to their customers changed. Something changed during this period. And every company uh, tried to find a good means of conveying the new message to their customers about how they will be interacting them with, with for example, even the restaurants themselves. Now they have yeah. new regulations. Yeah. Every industry, especially like software companies or like telcos so for those type of new subjects raised during that period uh, imagine you're training your agents for that i mean training the agents if you have a contact center for 100 agents a couple of customer representatives even for them to adapt to this new environment uh, requires a lot of training quality assurance this and that it's not that easy honestly to adapt to changes that's why in this period, besides the automation, besides the fact that you don't need to worry about the health conditions of the bots, even be besides that, many companies uh, looked for a bot who responses the corona-related inquiries. So the, the, the corona bots, 
became popular suddenly and we have gone through that uh, 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 even in our industry in many fronts but this is not one case actually for for the benefits of ai whatever comes new as far as you have the database as far as you have the knowledge base relevant to that new environment and as far as you have the structured scripts for serving your customers related to this this environment you just need to train one bot you don't need to train multiple people so that's that's an obvious advantage of uh customer engagement automation the the, the fastness of teaching something to that system especially if it is not that complicated which requires uh sophisticated human in intervention and uh, of course there's another aspect which is related to consistency of the service because basically bots are not affected from environmental conditions as much as human beings do a lot of people had to work home and you know maybe their working environment changed maybe they couldn't adapt to these new conditions maybe there were they, they were there were like emotional conditions none of these happened with the bots one of the things that i realized that you know this consistency or like what i want to call uh, sustainable efficiency is quite important the sustainability of that efficiency is coming uh, because of the fact that you know bots are not affected by internal and external circumstances that might affect the service continuity so i think these these are the core reasons why uh, customer services engagement automation uh, is a very relevant offering for today and i believe again this will not be limited to covid situation after that the, we will remember covid as a catalyst for this already uh, ongoing trends uh, but of course the speed and velocity will be much higher than before yes definitely the things that we are expecting from companies to you know invest in ai start their digital journeys they are happening that we predicted in five years they are happening in maybe in a year or less right. uh, because of this this pandemic uh, shakil what is your take on the how can ai help these companies through these you know uh, hard times yeah i think uh, baran you just reflected on what uh, what our ceo satya said which was um, basically you know what we've been trying to do with uh, with our customers to have them you know digitally transform for the last uh, several years you know that got accelerated in the last 3 months uh, it's been tremendous um microsoft has been uh, privileged to offer you know solutions specifically around you know um remote uh, access and um collaboration like microsoft teams windows virtual desktop and that supported by with intelligence and ai and and we've been able to basically support our customers uh, to 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 help uh, in this pandemic time um but again you know customers have had uh, several challenges that they're facing across different industry verticals and and just bringing in you know rule based bots is not going to cut it i mean i personally experience while trying to shop online for grocery where through through whatsapp it was a very uh, basic rules based uh, you know uh, bot that just responded on what it was uh, set out to do but not really a conversational ai and that did not really help me do my purchase because i was looking for specific products and across different industries obviously you know whether it's retail or healthcare or banking or public sector it has to be intelligent agents that can handle real world customer issues and and challenges to to meet those uh, needs and 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 requirements 
Um, and this market or this region has specifically not been really geared up towards online traffic. Uh, at least the demand that we have had in the last three months has been phenomenal, right? Um, and the, and and the, in these businesses have been really uh, struggling to actually serve and handle such traffic and demand. Um, and this really requires companies to adopt to 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 you know intelligent conversational AI agents or virtual agents that can better understand um, and personalize customer experiences. So if, if, if I am a, a major, let's say, you know, uh, furniture retailer, a global retailer, and if, I'm sh if, if my sh shop is shut because of the lockdown, basically my cash flow is shut. My daily sales are closed because I'm yeah. not doing any yeah. business. But then all of this is going online and uh, customers still need to buy whatever they need to buy. People, I, I know a friend who was actually uh, shifting uh, <laughs> during COVID times, which was very, very strange, but he had to because his, you know, contract had expired, et cetera, and he had, he had to move. So, and it was all online and he struggled to get his, you know, uh, delivery done on time. It was weeks delayed. And that customer actually came to us telling us, we are struggling to understand the online traffic behavior of our customers. We know these customers, they have been buying from us, but we are not able to meet that demand. How do we Oh, how can he help us? And th th that's where we talked about, you know, uh, efficiency in supply chain with better demand forecasting, looking at conversational AI that integrates with machine learning to understand what is the history of prior purchases of customers and similar types. What is their profiles to be able to address their needs? So what are the popular sort of market basket analysis that you would go for for such products that the bot can actually answer based on not just um, uh, being able to converse with the customer via text or speech, but also uh, look at the historical transactions from the backend systems and come back with, you know what, I think, how about this specific product along with that, because it uh, is at a discount and we can have it delivered to you uh, at a uh, you know, uh, short time. And on top of this, once, let's say, the customer uh, does this, um, this purchase, what about the, the supply chain of having this delivered, specifically considering there is curfew hours and so on, and they have limited time to deliver? And um, uh, how do you manage such um, uh, delivery optimization uh, requirements? So therefore, you know, combining bots with, uh, um, let's say, prescriptive analytics and decision optimization would, would basically help such, uh, such requirements. When you look at the banking sector, for example, you've got um, you know, sales reps who, are, who used to sit in branches serving as CSRs or client sales reps who are now sitting at home and customers who had to do their KYC update because of their residence ID expiring or because their passport renewed, et cetera. How do they serve these uh, customers? So while working from home, they're able to leverage AI as well as bots that would advise the agents that, you know, this is the kind of, you know, um, recommendation you can give to your customers uh, while you do a video or a conference call with them. So I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a, a learning experience as well as a, a transformation which is not going to go away very soon in terms of you know, the, the way we are working today, but it's uh, adopting and evolving. And uh, I think AI is gonna play, a, uh, actually conversational AI is gonna pay, play a very, very big role uh, going forward. Yes, definitely. Like you uh, mentioned, uh, the, we, we have the saying at Sestec, there are bots and there are smart bots. Yeah, Because uh, unless you have a smart bot 
I mean, there is no sense in, you know, frustrating a, a customer uh, and then putting that customer in front of a live agent. Companies should invest in, you know, not uh, simple FAQ bots, but, you know, something that can really take the load uh, uh, off the shoulders of the live agent so they can do their work better. Now, when companies first talk about investing AI, they almost instantly get this negative reaction from employees, you know, some kind of a resistance, if you will, towards AI, because people think that their jobs will be in danger, uh, their positions will be no longer available. So I want to ask you, is AI a threat or is it there? It's just a tool to help employees perform better. Ahmed, you want to lead that that question also? Sure, sure, but um, this is a very, very big question uh, and a very um, uh, a, a relevant one, actually. Um, so I want to do uh, an irony in the beginning, uh, and uh, that irony is related to um, a, a, a secret organization. It's a, it's a radical secret organization called Luddites, and this organization was um, an organization from UK, and they were destroying textile machinery as a form of protest and uh, these were actually textile workers and when the industrial revolution started bringing about tools like weaving machine they saw that as a threat and they started you know destroying them and that became a big issue and uh, this was like became a big uh, region-wide rebellion that was uh, somehow suppressed uh, with heavy measures so there's an irony here because obviously Today, when we go back and think about weaving machines, today no one would think about destroying them or like protesting against weaving machines. But the same thing is still happening. And I, I should acknowledge that there is a tragic aspect of um, industrialization, automation. So, but honestly, we have to be realistic in a way. So beating the weaving machines doesn't seem to be a solution. I think what we should do is we should plan the transition in a humane way. In my domain, when we think about customer engagement automation, we are not actually replacing jobs, we are replacing tasks. Um, uh-huh. So basically mundane, simple tasks will be done by bots. This is the inevitable transition. So we cannot really stop this. No one can stop this. Actually, it always it, it already started with IVRs. I mean, IVRs are handling certain short services, right? So you can see IVR as your threat now. So. Uh, you can start beating IVRs. No, it's, it's going to be really funny, right? So IVR is, let's say, you, if you have a self-service IVR, um, uh, let's say you're you're a customer representative of, of a telco, and your IVR handles 60% of the transactions as self-services. Would you see it as a threat? No. But of course, when we start thinking about AI, as AI bots can speak, we see AI as a more close threat to us rather than the IVR itself. But my suggestion would be this. I mean, let's say you have a contact center of 100 agents. If you want to replace all of them at one shot, it won't work at all. So there will be a phasing, a transition plan, which will go step by step. So, for example, let's say I am, I, I am the owner of that contact center. I wouldn't lay off people. I would just uh, keep it to the natural attrition. I mean, there is already an attrition in contact centers. I, I mean, when I was running this 10,000 agent contact center MIS department, which was Turk Telecom actually. There was so many attrition. I mean, every month, maybe 200 people were leaving the job, right? 
So maybe if you have a good automation plan, maybe you can leave it with the same rate as the attrition rate. So you don't lay off people for that. And actually, again, machines will not take over all of the tasks. They will just take over some of the tasks. Every agent has a range of simple to complex type of tasks. So the agents will focus more and more on the complicated task. And when it comes to complicated tasks, uh, maybe they will be paid more and uh, they will Definitely. work less. So uh, what I'm trying to tell you is that we should think of it as a whole um, social reality and we should think about people's lives as well. Plus, uh, you know, I, I told you the story of Luddites, but when you go back to, uh, you know, the first industrial revolution and how uh, bosses treated their workers, it backfired and it gave them a lot of harm as well. I mean, their ambition uh, gave them a big cost for that. So now we have this historical experience. So we shouldn't be ambitious about automated things. We should be humane. And we know that being humane is an ethical thing as well as a rational thing, because if you try to squeeze the milk out of each of your agents doing full automation at one shot, it's definitely going to fail this way or that way. There will be some dissatisfaction. There will be some uh, shattering of your, you know, sure. uh, human resources structure. So my my uh, short answer to your question is transition is inevitable, but a humane transition is also possible. Yes, and the first step of you know customer experience. If you want to improve that, first you have to improve the experience of your workers, your employees, your agents. That's another aspect of this. I mean, I was just looking from the angle of customer representatives. Yes, some customer representatives tasks will be done by the bots, but to run those bots, you will need more employment, which is more sophisticated. Maybe they're going to do the bot design. I mean, we have uh, this great Microsoft no-code visual environment with cognitive services. And it's no code. I mean, you don't need to even like write a code yourself. I mean, this is like a mashup of best of the elements for those type of tasks, like gathering data, designing the bot, thinking about the scripting of the bot, because now the bot will speak with people, right? You should think about the communication strategy. This will be a more creative area that will satisfy people. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe the, the, some of those customer representatives would be very bored after one and a half years and they would say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Maybe at that point, they will be employed as creative designers of these type of bots and they will be satisfied. So from that angle, maybe it will bring about more creative jobs and people will be, people will be more content with what they do. Yeah, we are seeing the surveys. Like when you implement AI, uh, like uh, contrary to the, the perception, the, the number of jobs actually increased because now you have, you know, like you said, more difficult tasks to solve. Deeper layers of customer engagement is now involved. So you need maybe more people. And again, you're going to make them happier. Your employees will be happier because they're not going to do ordinary uh, low quality tasks. And Shaquille, uh, you want to mention your points regarding this? Should we be afraid when AI is implemented in our company? Absolutely not. <laughs> so um, I think, you know, one of uh, our most strongest uh, viewpoints, and I've been uh, a big vocal, uh, you know, representative of this is um, AI needs to empower people uh, and, and the employees of an organization. Uh, we strongly advocate aspects of democratizing AI. We talk about citizen data scientists who leverage AI to actually empower themselves as well as uh, support the organization. Equipping employees and staff with conversational bots and uh, agents uh, to deliver high 
higher customer value um, and productivity. For example, you know, uh, when it comes to better service experience by empowering service agents uh, who are, like Ahmed said, you know, they might be working, you know, uh, instead of eight hours, they might be working uh, today 12 hours, but if there are bots to help uh, cover some of the 80% of the usual uh, questions that, are, that come up or calls that come up that can easily be handled by bots, that basically relieves them from, from that, you know, um, extraordinary workload. And, and, and these uh, virtual agents can also be working as assistants to the call center agents, uh, speci specifically for agents who are, let's say, new on the job. I mean, in this region, we have seen a lot of uh, call centers having a lot of uh, high turnover, meaning agents coming and leave because of, uh, you know, the, the challenges of working in late hours, odd hours, because, you know, call centers are open 24-7. So, so therefore, some of these um, agents uh, are inexperienced to handle calls. So, conversation agents can be assistants to these agents to actually help them do their job better. Um, and I think uh, it also boils down to uh, having a sort of an executive sponsorship from the top with clear communication coming in and from the business sponsor and the technical sponsor that, listen, your jobs are not going to go away. You are here. You are our most valuable assets. And AI is here as tools to help you perform better, to, uh, to cut down on your regular operational tasks and to help you, you know, innovate and be more creative to provide, you know, more um, disruptive uh, experiences to your, uh, to your customers. Um, and I think the last point here is it's also about enablement. So motivating and building employee confidence in AI tools is imperative for, for AI-ready culture. Uh, when you talk about virtu uh, you know, virtual agents or bots, it requires training to understand the language of the customer, the industry of that customer. And what better way to help train those bots but, uh, than by using the staff themselves who are the experts in this, uh, the humans who are experts in this. Uh, yeah, I want to actually have a follow-up question because now you mentioned what can companies, you know, the top management should do. Now, uh, like, for example, I am a uh, decision maker and I have now the, this urge to start implementing AI in my company. Now, what what is the playbook that I should follow, you know, the vital steps that I should take to start implementing? Uh, so you want to uh, continue on that? What is, what is your advice, you know, uh, the big issues that, we definitely have to consider. AI does not have to be a big bang approach. It can be simple, quick investments on high value use cases that will solve real world uh, business problems for you. Uh, we have seen customers who have embarked on massive digital transformation projects by starting with just conversational bots. Uh, Telefonica, one of our uh, biggest uh, telco uh, pro customers with over 350 million subscribers across hundreds of uh, oh. countries actually transformed digitally by starting on one simple AI project, which was the conversation AI bot by the name of Aura, A-U-R-A, Aura. And I think that's a great example of how you can think big but start small, um, which basically uh, you know, allows you to have a cost-effective solution towards um, digital transformation without really... Uh, impacting deep into your pockets, but definitely uh, with very high value uh, business outcomes.
Very, very good example, Ahmed. You, you have these uh, addressed these issues in your presentation. I remember. What is your take of uh, you know this roadmap that we should follow when implementing AI? Actually, uh, Shakil put it very, very uh, neatly. So I think uh, Big Bang approach is the approach we should avoid, and I can see it in certain occasions actually. So um, there's a big um, utopian digitalization agenda that people want to go at one shot. And actually, you know, when you start this automation talk, when they realize, so I always say, Zaman, just going back to your first question, the, 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 you know, the company owners or the managers, they should be vigilant. They should understand the value of automation, but this shouldn't take them to a panic mode where they feel that they're like lagging behind and they see, for example, Sometimes I feel that whatever I say, the customer is still having problems believing what I say. When I say, look, you can automate up to 60% of your interactions and the remaining tasks will be handled by human beings and it will be a higher quality service by them because they will, do, they will not do the mundane tasks and it will be creative here. It will be more creative over there. So they don't still, some, some, at least some of them, they don't still understand the big value. But once they understand, once they see, really see, or for example, and what makes them understand this, you show them the, you know, uh, already done cases, right? So you, you show them the references, you know, try this, we have done this, and you can call this guy, talk with him, he will tell you. And once he says, look, you know, uh, we, we used to have eight agents here, and now uh, we tripled our workload, we still have the eight agents. So you start calculating, look, you know, return investment is less than six, seven months. Let's say you have a shock like that, and then suddenly you say, "Oh, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's all, let's all right, all the world, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Then they, they change the mood, and I, again, like we shouldn't be that greedy because it doesn't work that way. Yeah. So yeah. we should have a solid phasing, and we should also take into consideration the ethical aspects, the you know our uh, human resources structure. How are we going to transition the current current workforce so that we utilize them in more creative tasks? All of these should be part of the equation. Plus, however you're going to start, you should start in a very good manner so that, you know, the customers don't feel that, you know, they're, you're compromising the quality. So you shouldn't compromise the customer experience, as, uh, which is a, a SESTEC motto as well. So that's the, the, and one of the things that I can add uh, on top of what Shaquille says, this step-by-step -step approach, this phased approach, which we endorse, it should be accompanied by a long-term partner like Microsoft and Sestec, because if you make the wrong start, let's say if you start with a, with a vendor which can only give you one channel capability on WhatsApp, but nothing else, they don't have the voice capability, they don't have uh, cognitive service, service compatibility, they don't know the Microsoft ecosystem, they don't have this universe to offer for the long term, then it's mostly a rework in the next step. So uh, the two things that should be given as a, as a, as a recommendation, let's be vigilant, but let's not be greedy. Let's have a good solid phasing plan and let's have a long-term partner that can carry us uh, to this ideal point that we want to come in the next five years, for example. That would be my advice. Yeah, you summarized it perfectly. Thank you. And now we're approaching to the last uh, minutes of our podcast. I want to ask you, so what does the future hold for AI-powered solutions? Uh, Shaquille described the vision uh, very neatly again. I mean, he, he was giving us use cases where you're not just focusing on the conversational aspect of customer engagement automation, but also supportive AI functionality that optimizing the ordering process, that optimizing the service itself. So yeah. I think it's going to be more like a holistic approach. I mean, the more components 
that enriches uh, the conversational AI, the, the better service you will be able to give. So I just can give you a more uh, simpler example, maybe image processing. So maybe you you might want to give an order for, for, for a car spare part, for example. So you don't know the name of that spare part. You take a picture and you just say, I want this. And the, the system will ask you, so what's your uh, vehicle ID uh, so that I can just match that component with the car that you have. So you're just going to take a picture of your, you know, uh, you know, uh, we call it Mulkia here. I mean, like the uh, the car ID. So just take a picture of that, and it will extract the vehicle identification number from there. Things like that. I mean, in the background, you will have data analytics that will do the optimization. You will do real-time analysis of the conversation so that you can match people with their own personality or with a similar personality. So these things will enrich the AI experience. But again. Uh, I, I hesitate telling things like that because you know, again, with a solid pacing, <laughs> you can you can bring together all of, all of these components. There's there's no question about that. But I mean, uh, it shouldn't be like a big bang approach. But this will be the future, basically. So there will be an AI system will be enhanced by cognitive services of Microsoft, the data analytics services of Microsoft. These type of things will enhance the conversation itself. So rather than just as uh, Shaki was saying, I mean, you want you want to have some bleach, for example. And the customer will predict which type of bleach you you might want to uh, see there because in let's say imagine a WhatsApp interaction or like a Teams interaction, you cannot see the list of whole bleach alternatives, right? So you want the system to show you two alternatives, but they should be relevant to your choices. Right. So they should be relevant to you in terms of their price. They should be relevant to you in terms of your past uh, preferences. Yeah. This is exactly what we are trying to do with Microsoft today. So this is the future. Plus one more thing. Again, in this enhanced AI enriched conversational AI automation, there is always a human aspect and it will be more like a centaur design. I mean, centaur is like a concept, it's like a mythological, uh, you know, uh, you know, imaginary thing, which is like a top uh, side is human and downside is like a horse. No, uh -huh, now uh -huh. centaur is uh, used as a technical term, which in, uh, which is related to a man machine collaboration thing. Uh -huh. Actually, this comes again from the, 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 the big match uh, between Deep Blue and Kasparov. And now uh, in the AI research, we have the, uh, even for the, for the uh, chess uh, domain, uh, it, is it is shown that like a good combination of even mediocre level human intelligence and um, AI gives better results than the best AI possible. So this combination is called Centaur. So mm. centaurs will always be part of this vision. I mean, it's, it's not going, the human will always be the head in, in a way. I mean, so yeah, within yeah. this conversation, I was always saying the sophisticated tests will be done with human beings. This will always be the case. Two things, AI enriched conversation, AI. Second, the good and effective centaur design. I mean, the, the best way of combining the best of man and yeah. best of machine yeah, will that. be the vision of the future. So that, that's something that the industry leaders should understand first be vigilant about, and then have a solid plan for going from step one to step 10, one by one with a solid phasing to realize this optimum service of the future. Yeah, and hopefully as we are the end users, the customers, we will get better service, we will get better experiences. Definitely. It's gonna uh, affect our world uh, significantly when this, this hybrid solution the, the, the exactly. best of two worlds, best of two worlds come together. Shaquille, what is your take on the, the, the future? Three to five years, what do you see? I think I cannot agree more with uh, with what uh, Ahmed has just mentioned. Um, 
And just to repeat, uh, you know, the initial question, which was, you know, what does the future hold? And uh, how to, and to what extent will AI be part of, uh, you know, our customers' journeys in the new normal? Um, I think there is a twofold uh, approach to this, uh, that which is a short term and a, and a long term. Uh, when we look at short term, you know, businesses need to focus on uh, how they are responding from emergency mass notification services, uh, ensuring business continuity solutions and crisis management is being handled. Um, and this is where, you know, aspects of uh, virtual agents and bots play a very critical role, to, which are easy to deploy and can, can cater to uh, emergency situations where, you know, staff do not have to be in physically in their workplaces and, and bots can basically serve customers uh, across, you know, different industry domains. Um, from long-term perspective, I think businesses will face a new reality of looking at cost optimization, uh, governments with new streams of activities to support the economy. And I think the opportunity here for us as solution and technology providers um, is basically to help drive data-driven cost optimization of, of uh, business processes. And without data, AI is, uh, you know, uh, is really not much. Yeah, yeah. So by infusing AI into these processes uh, across these industry verticals will, will definitely play a, a big role towards transforming uh, in the future uh, in, uh, as we move forward towards the new tomorrow. I think there are three questions that need to be asked um, when you start looking at how the post-COVID uh, world, you will be, you know, uh, deploying and developing your AI competence in a responsible and an ethical way, obviously, uh, right? I mean, how can you use human-led approach to drive value for your business? Um, and this goes back to our previous discussions around, you know, the human aspect of it is never going to go away. AI is not here to replace. It's us who drive uh, a technology and AI in its essence, AI is supposed to be utilitarian to serve and, um, you know, uh, provide service to human beings in a safe way without harming them, which is, uh, which is a key fundamental aspect of AI. Um, another question is, how will your organization's foundational views affect your approach, approach towards, uh, towards uh, AI, uh, whether that's conversational AI or uh, applying machine learning and other kind of uh, advanced workloads? Third important aspect which you need to ask yourselves as an organization is how will you monitor AI systems to ensure that they are evolving responsibly and serving the needs, your mission, your objectives as an organization, as a uh, institute serving your, your own customers and your citizens. Um, I think, you know, as stated by my CEO, Satya Nadella, again, you know, AI isn't just a piece of uh, technology. It could be one of the world's most fundamental pieces of technology that human race has ever uh, created and for sure it will have deep and positive impact on our journey so long as we capitalize on it responsibly and ethically so thank you guys perfect points for our audience i'm really excited to you know to broadcast this podcast uh, shaquille thank you for your uh, participation nice to have you my pleasure i thoroughly enjoyed it thank you so much Ahmed, thanks again. We will see you at another episode, hopefully, yeah? Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks a lot. Great job. Thank you, guys. And to our uh, viewers, to our listeners, we will see you next time. Thank you.